All right, okay. Today what we're gonna talk about is good debt versus bad debt. Now this subject can be a little bit controversial. I'm just gonna let you know up front, I do not agree with a lot of content that's out there. So particularly if you're like, say, a Dave Ramsey fan. Like, I think Dave Ramsey is accurate on 70% of what he's saying. But I think that there's some significant mistakes. And some of what I'm going to tell you today is going to be very contradictory to what Dave Ramsey is going to take and tell you. Okay? So just know that up front. Okay? This is there in my mind, and I have seen it, and there's adequate evidence that there's a massive difference between good debt and bad debt. So I'm going to take, I'm going to break down three things for you today so that you can look at it, see it, understand it, and then you can make your own assessment without just taking like, Dave Ramsey's suggestion that all debt is bad debt because the reality is is that's just not true and I'll show it and it'll become very clear as we start going through this and I'll show it to you. So if we start looking at good debt versus bad debt, so I'm going to break it down in essence like so you can see three secrets so that you can understand the elements of it. Okay, so the first one is called uh, arbitrage. Let me make sure I get this spelled right. Okay, arbitrage. If you're not familiar with this word, this uh, this word arbitrage is being able to help you identify assets and things that are like have greater value than. Sorry about the noise and stuff. I wanted I wanted to take and shoot this video kind of in a in a different spot today, and so I just picked a, an area of my uh, on my yard that I thought was kind of a kind of a cool little grove. I thought was pretty. So this is kind of where I shot it. And so every once in a while, car will pass, and it's not super frequent. But the word arbitrage. So if this is a new word to you, all it really means is, is if you were like, say you were over here in City A, okay? You were in City A, and over here in City B, like over here you can buy this widget, and let's say you can buy the widget right here for 10 bucks, okay? And you can come over here to this location, you can sell the widget for 20 bucks. And the difference between the two is what you're actually making on it, and this is what causes you to take in to have a profit by of 10 bucks, right? So uh, $20 what you sell it at, $10 you buy it at, leaves you a profit of 20 bucks. So arbitrage, people use arbitrage on about anything you could possibly think. Like you take Walmart, for example, their entire business model is based on arbitrage. They'll go to Procter & Gamble, they're gonna buy toothpaste, they're gonna buy all these different types of stuff so that they can take and identify things that they can buy for a lower price that they can sell for a higher price and then they can make a profit and the profit is based on arbitrage. People do it all the time when like a bank will issue a loan. They're doing it on arbitrage. It's cheaper than they can lend it out. You can buy it on any assets that you acquire. You can take and do it on, um, think of it. There, there's probably not a thing out there that doesn't, so to speak, fit in this market that allows you to be profitable. And so, like, when you start looking at good debt versus bad debt, the big thing that you're starting to look at is, if I was to, have, to create a differentiation between good debt versus bad debt, the question is, is can I take and borrow money in a sense that I make, I make, when I borrow this money, it costs me, maybe, maybe we'll put it in interest percentages, so I can make a 20% return on my money, but when I go to the bank and I borrow it, I can buy, I can borrow the money at 5% interest. And then the difference is 15%, okay? 
Therein lies the secret of arbitrage. And what you'll see is, is businesses like this do it all the time. If you look at Walmart, and you look at Walmart and its ability to grow and to expand, one of the big, big elements that allowed them to do it, in fact, the reason Walmart went public is you got Sam Walton. He was like pushing and he was growing his business, trying to figure out how to get more capital in because he's got to put up a building here and he's got to put up a building there. And he's got to be able to get the, the resources and all the assets and everything inside it so that he can make this business grow. And the problem he ran into is, is he wanted to take to take and expand across America to create this phenomenal business, which we call Walmart today. The problem is, is he didn't have access to capital. And so he was borrowing money and he was borrowing money and they put up these stores and he was highly profitable and it was doing well. And then he went to the marketplace and he actually got, he actually raised a bunch of capital that allowed him to build his business. But he was, he would have never gotten there had he not had access to be able to borrow money from banks at a lower rate in which he could actually get by having that asset on his books, borrowing so that he could buy like building, he could buy property, he could buy he could buy merchandise to fill it in. And so that's exactly how he cobbled his way up. If you look at any probably big formidable business that you actually like and you're interested in, look at their balance sheet. You will discover every, every business on the S&P 500 took out and used debt and financing to be able to build their asset. Like if you enjoy a car, you can guarantee that somebody used financing to be able to get property, plant, and equipment, assets in place so that they could build that car for you. The only reason you got the, the privilege and the opportunity to enjoy your car is because of that. You're probably living in a house. Like somebody ended up taking out a loan because it's not practical for everybody to pay cash for everything to be able to get those assets. And if you think about you're, you're driving down the road with the asphalt, like somebody had to get their hands on the equipment allowed him to do that. They took out a loan so that they could buy the equipment and then they could deploy that asset to be able to benefit you. And so like it is the idea that debt is universally bad is absolutely fictitious because everything that you probably enjoy in life that is of significant value, somebody took out a loan where they could make 20% or maybe more or maybe less, I don't know, versus the cost of capital that's how they were able to create it. And that's what's given you, in essence, a good life, okay? Arbitrage, you've got to know, when you look at this, you've got to know the difference between how much is it going to make, what's it going to, how much is it going to make, how much is it going to cost me to figure out your yield, okay? So, I have an eraser right here. Um, one second, let me grab this eraser. <laughs> that's what I thought I had it. Okay. So secret number one is arbitrage, okay? You, you gotta know this. Like, don't, don't buy into the lie that debt's bad. You just gotta understand how to use it, okay? So when you start trying to figure these things out, the, the second thing is, is that you've gotta look at, is you gotta look at this, okay? You need to look at the cash flow. You might be able to buy assets or things that create arbitrage. Let's say that you were able to take and you like, I absolutely know that if I was to buy this house, that, let me break it down faster, cash flow. Okay, cash flow is, let's say that you got, you got $20 coming in, okay, you got $10 going out, okay. Then, so what you end up with is, is a $10 positive cash flow. You can see how that is, right? 
this is where a lot of people make a huge mistake, is you can say, okay, I got $20 coming in, but the result is, is I got $30 going out, so I wind up with a negative $10 of cash flow. And big mistake people will make is like they say, okay, Mike, I understand the concept of arbitrage, which is to be able to find a thing that creates a greater yield, but then they, they miss this little teeny secret that you should pay attention to because it's the life of, it's your lifeblood, which is cash flow. I'll give you a good example, okay? You, you go out and you buy, let's just say you go buy a hotel, okay? You buy this hotel and the thing that you know is, is real estate is going up like crazy. Real estate is going up like crazy. But the problem is, is the appreciation might be there, but the reality is, is you can't rent it out and you can't get enough rent for it to be able to even pay the mortgage. And so then you wind up in a position where you're like upside down because you don't even have enough cash coming in to pay your bills, even though the asset's going up in value. And like one thing that a lot of people get in trouble with is they'll go buy a car, right? Let's just say you go out and buy this, uh, let's say you go out and buy a, let's say you buy a Lamborghini. Okay, it's probably a half a million dollar car, okay? And let's say that you go out and you buy this Lamborghini and you buy it, let's say you buy it for 100,000. So you got 400,000 in equity in it. Let's take draw it out. So you got a you got a 500k car, okay? And it only costs you 100k to get it, okay? So you have 400k so to speak of equity. Does that make sense? So Lamborghini is worth 500k. You bought it for 100k. You got 400k in equity, okay? But here's the deal. On this 100k car, because it's probably like on a five-year loan, you know, maybe you're spending, maybe you're spending like I don't know, like uh, 1,500 a month. Okay, your car payment's 1,500 bucks a month. Okay, but the problem is, is you're working and you actually only make $800 a month. Okay, it doesn't matter that you understood the concept of arbitrage. It doesn't matter that you understood that this thing is worth 500k you paid 100k because your cash flow is all jacked up because you got a $1,500 outgo you got an $800 coming in and so then the net effect is you wind up into this uh, $700 a month in the hole um, huge mistake a lot of people make in fact if you want to go look at Dave Ramsey this is where he screwed up he he may have thought that he understood arbitrage he may have thought he understood the, the difference between things, but he screwed up when it came to cash flow, and the cash flow ended up killing the guy, okay? And so that's why I'm like, look, you can't look at things that blanketly and say that that is the reason that, you, uh, that therefore debt is universally bad. It's just It just doesn't work, okay? So now that we got that understood, you understand the cash flow, okay? Number three... And so if you're trying to figure out how to get ahead and you want to be able to make these two things work well for you, what you need to do is you need to figure out how to accumulate assets that go up in value. Okay? That's it. Like if you're trying to figure out the secret to being able to get ahead, you pick, you start finding assets that will go out and, or go up in value. Like you take, for example, Warren Buffett, the, one of the greatest investors that's ever lived. Take, go uh, just for the heck of it, since you know Warren Buffett is the greatest investor that's ever lived, why don't you go take and pull up his company, it's Berkshire Hathaway, and look at his balance sheet. 
what you're gonna see is he's got assets on there and then hot doggedy dang the guy has actually got loans on there he's got liabilities he's got money that he took loans out on to, to, to take and to finance the building and the growth of his entire empire he has way more money than Dave Ramsey's ever gonna see okay unless Dave Ramsey does something different like Warren Buffett absolutely drowns how much money that Dave Ramsey's got okay his secret is is he figured out look arbitrage I can buy things for less these assets these things can be sold for more so it's got value in there he looks at the cash flow. How much cash is coming into my checking account versus how much cash is going out? And then he spent an entire lifetime accumulating assets that did this. They take and they grow up and they go up in value. And so the next time somebody comes to you and says, um, hey, like, uh, you know, debt's bad, you could say, it might be. The question is, is kind of what is the purpose of the debt? So if the debt, if you run the debt or the whatever it is that they have in mind through this three-step process. So let's just say they come to you with a car, right? They say, hey, I got this car and I want to sell it to you at a discount. And you're like, cool. That means that I, in essence, I created arbitrage where I've got a difference. But then the problem is, is will this asset allow cash to come to me? Because if you put you accumulate the asset and it, no cash comes in, it does not it does not either reduce your expenses, it doesn't put more cash in your checking account, you got a huge butt cash flow problem. You're gonna get killed, okay? And if the asset, the only thing that that asset does is go down in value, dude, you're screwed. Like, you cannot, you cannot successfully operate in any environment where you've got these three elements out of balance. They absolutely have to be in balance, okay? Now, let me give you an example. So you already know that I'm interested in solar, I engage in solar. And this is where, this is a conversation that I'll end up having with clients all the time in the sense because they listen to Dave Ramsey and for the most part, it serves them correct 70% of the time because people, they don't know the difference between real assets that really create value and assets that don't, okay? So when I take and I start talking solar, this is what it is. This is where arbitrage comes in, okay? The utility company will sell electricity so let's just say that their average, like in their summer bill in the summer is like 350 bucks. Like this is a real example with a client. I stopped by their house, their summer bill in the summer was 350 bucks. It was like astronomically absurd, okay? I dropped solar on their house and the solar paint was 100 bucks. Can you see how in this case, when I dropped solar on their house, they were 350 before, okay? The solar was 100 a month. So they wind up with $200 Oh, not 200. They wind up with $250. Okay, therein lies the arbitrage. They they captured they captured difference between this number and this number so that it put money in their pocket. Okay, you see how that took and worked. So then you say, okay, so I understand that this thing had more value than what it cost me to own the thing. Okay, so now we start looking at the cash flow. The question is, do you have more cash in your checking account? Okay. Run through the test. Okay, my outflow was 350. My new outflow was actually only 100. So the net effect is I got $250 a month in my checking account as by way of cash flow. Okay, so now let's look at assets. Assets that go up in value. Here's the thing that you know. Everything in this world seems to keep going up in cost. Um, like houses keep going up. The cost of gasoline keeps going up 
cost of shoes goes up, the cost of food goes up, the cost of like name one thing except debt. Like when you take out a loan, they never, unless it's on a fixed interest rate, they can never increase the price of debt, okay? So debt doesn't go up. But, but outside of that, everything has inflation built into it, okay? So what happens is, is now we're gonna look at the asset. The asset goes up in value. So what it is, is the cost of electricity will continue to go up like this. It's gonna do the exact same thing that everything else does in this world with inflation, okay? What happens is, is the solar panel itself, it does not care about cost of energy or anything going up. It has one job, which is to produce electricity, okay? And so what it does is it produces its electricity right here. In fact, what happens is, is, is it produces this electricity, eventually you end up, you pay off your solar system, so now you own this thing free and clear. Now you own an asset that produces electricity for free. What happens is, is you end up getting this spread so that as time goes on, the solar becomes more and more and more and more valuable. Like my solar systems I use today, they have a 30 year warranty on the output of them and the useful life is 50 years. And so what you're seeing is in here, the system becomes more and more valuable because this is how much money it saved you and it's an asset that goes up over, goes up over time. And so I give you that analogy because you can see how this applies to solar, but if you use, if you just think about it, they don't, don't, don't randomly believe what Dave Ramsey says. Take a look at what Warren Buffett does. Take a look at Bill Gates, two richest guys in the world. Look what they do. Go look at Microsoft. See if they actually have debt on their books. Then you'll discover that they do. Take a look at any, any business that creates anything of significant value. Take a, a Walmart. Go look at Lowe's. Go look at Home Depot. Go look at Kohl's. Go look at, um, go look at Simmons Property Group, uh, the largest owner of malls in the United States. Go look, everybody's in love with Amazon. Go look at Amazon. Go see if Amazon's got debt on the books and then ask yourself, could those companies have accomplished exactly what they did had they believed the lie that all debt is bad? And once you see that it's not, then you understand that debt is a tool. But the difference is, is you've got to make sure that you're not buying assets. You've got to, you, you, it's got to be so clear in your head that you can use this formula to differentiate the turds from the diamonds. And once you understand that, then you can leverage the power of debt. So anyway, that's it. We will talk later.